Okay, y'all, I am so excited about today's guest today and all the things that we're going to be talking about because I know some of y'all out there really struggle with selling yourself, your product, like whatever it is, whatever part of the selling process that has you tripped up, like we're going to address that here today, but we're also going to talk about how being a guest on podcast can really increase your business in so many different ways. Like the person who we interviewed is, she has so many nuggets of wisdom that like blew my mind and I learned so much from this interview. So let's just get right to it. Welcome to the Profit Podcast, where we teach entrepreneurs how to start, launch, and market their podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Profit, and I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me today, because if you've been thinking about creating a podcast for a while, well, I'm so glad you found this show. Think of this as the shortcut slash time-saving version of searching Google and YouTube for hours and hours trying to figure out the world of podcasting. Trust me, as a busy mama of three, I get it. You don't have a lot of time to be spent or wasted, I should say, searching the web, trying to find all the right ideas and all the amazing things that are out there, and you just end up overwhelmed. Trust me, I've been there, done that, took home the souvenir. But this podcast is going to help you in practical ways because twice a week we'll be delivering episodes that are going to give you steps to help you create a podcast your audience can't wait to listen to. So let's get right to it, shall we? So today's guest is Nikki Rausch, and let me tell you a little bit about her before we dive right into her interview. So after 25 years of experience selling to such prestigious organizations as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Hewlett Packard, and NASA, Nikki Rausch decided to trade in her road warrior status so she could help entrepreneurs sell in a way that builds relationships, creates true connection, and results in more closed deals and long-term clients. Amen to that. Doesn't that sound amazing? Now, as a sales coach, author, speaker, and founder of Sales Maven, Nikki transforms the misunderstood process of, quote, selling into techniques, tools, and tips that can be successfully incorporated into a process replicable by anyone whose livelihood relies on selling a product, a service, or themselves. When she's not helping business owners move their clients along the selling staircase, Nikki enjoys taking in all the beauty that living in the Pacific Northwest affords her. And we had so many amazing little tangents that we went on that we hadn't planned on it, but it just made this episode so much better. So enjoy my interview with Nikki. All right, Profit Podcast listeners, I'm so excited to introduce to you today, Nikki Rouse. She's going to be our sales maven. So welcome to the show, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to get to have a conversation with you. Yes, this is going to be so much fun. I was just telling everybody about your background and all the fun things that you've done, but you can tell your story the best. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and how it is where you are today? 
Well, my background is in sales. So I was a sales professional. Like that was my career. And I sold in the technology space for many, many years. At this point, I have 25 years of sales experience. And you probably said that in my bio. And, um, but my real journey of how I got to be an entrepreneur was um, in addition to stud- like becoming a sales expert and doing that for my career, I started studying neuro-linguistic programming on the side of something like for personal and professional development. And I did it initially with this idea that it would help me be better at sales. And I found that it definitely did, but it also helped me improve all the relationships in my life. And at some point of being in the career that I was in for so long and um, getting to know like the people and being well-known in the industry that I was in, I started to feel like there was something kind of missing in my life and I didn't really know what was missing, but I just got curious about it. And so I left my corporate job to go and help my NLP teacher grow her business. And that was when I first started getting introduced to entrepreneurs and I hadn't spent a lot of time around entrepreneurs because I come from this corporate, you know, sales background. And, right. and I found that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with sales conversations and sales conversations for me felt kind of easy at that point. And so I just started helping them because I just was so inspired by entrepreneurs and their, their own journeys. And, you know, this idea of people saying, I think I even heard you say this on a podcast of like, you know, do what you love and you never work a day in your life. And you talked about like, you could talk about podcasting forever and it was so fun for you. And, (laughs) um, and I just felt like being around these entrepreneurs was like hanging out with you all day. It's like these people who are so passionate and a lot of them were struggling with the sales conversation. And so I just started helping them on the side of like, Hey, you know, you missed this buying signal over here. And if you go say this to this person, this is going to like open that door for you. And they started having success with it. And finally, somebody pulled me aside and was like, why aren't you doing this as your job? Like, why aren't you teaching people sales? And, and it felt like, well, I can't do that because it's too easy. Hmm. Wow. (laughs) That's powerful. Yeah. (laughs) And so my business was kind of born out of somebody going, no, actually, like so people will pay you money for this. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like people will pay me money to ask me questions and I'll get to talk about sales and language and relationships and communication. Like that feels like too, like too good of a deal for me. But I, I started and like surprisingly, people started paying me money and people started getting results. And so really that's been my journey. And now I'm here having the like the time of my life getting paid to answer questions and help people make money, which I love. Oh my gosh. So, oh, like my, my brain is exploding right now because I had had every intention of how this conversation was going to go, but like you just totally like blew this open. So my background is I have a marketing degree and I took so many sales classes. And it's so funny because whenever you say something that was so easy to you and it just came naturally to you, I went to school for this and it's still, even though I can talk to people, this is like you and I having this conversation right now feels so natural, feels very easy to me, but you're right. The selling part, I had a few sales jobs right out of college that I bombed at because I didn't know what I was doing. Excuse me. So what do you see as like the number one thing holding someone back or keeping them stuck? Like what are some of the patterns that you're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs facing? Well, a lot of times it's this idea of like, they kind of hide behind the, 
well, I don't want to sell. I just want to educate or I just want to help people. And I get that because I do think those of us who are on our entrepreneurial journey come from this place of having a servant's heart. Like we want to make a difference in the world and we do want to share gifts so that other people can thrive. And yet, if you're not able to strategically have conversations that lead people down a path that allows for them to pay you money, then oftentimes they won't, they won't take your advice. They won't implement the things that you offer. And because they don't implement, they don't get results. And then nothing changes in their life. And ultimately, like, you know, we do all have to make money. We all have bills. And so you want to be valued. You want people to value. But mo- like for me, what I want more than anything in the world is for people to implement. Because I always say like, hashtag implementers get results. And I know that by charging people, by making it easy for people to pay me money and having those strategic conversations, it allows for them to then implement. And because they implement, they get results and their lives get better. Oh, that's so oh. good. That's no, that that's so good. And that just like perfectly like kind of fits. So like checks so many boxes off of like how I was feeling and how um, I've been able to kind of switch the whole mentality of like, you know, as long as you're offering value and you actually have something that is worth something to another individual, man, the selling part's easy because you're just solving someone's problem and you're helping them, you know, just find a solution to whether it's saving time, saving money, making their life easier. And so, yes, like a hundred percent agree with everything that you just said. Like that's, it's so good, but I want to switch gears for just a second because I do want to talk about storytelling because it's something that I believe you and I are both very passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, You've been on so many podcasts. So let's just start there. How many podcasts have you been on? I don't know if I actually know the actual number. I'm going to say it's more than 50 as a guest. And it started initially with this idea of like somebody asked me, would you come on my podcast and talk about, you know, this around sales, Nikki, which you know, I was super nervous. Like, could I go on a pot? But I like, I love to talk and I love to share things that are going to help people. So that got, you know, that started, um, kind of started the journey. And then what happened was then somebody else would ask me to be on a podcast and then somebody else. And once I, like a couple years ago, I started looking at where were my clients coming from? Mm. And I majority of my leads, the new leads, like people who were opting in to be on my list, who who started like reading my newsletters and, you know, kind of following me were a huge number of them were coming from podcast episodes and people started showing up and saying like, oh, I binge you on podcasts. And I was like, what? That feels, (laughs) what? Or people are like, oh, you, you know, you, um, you, go for walks with me all the time. And I'm like, what? And so then I started realizing, well, okay, people, obviously this resonates. People want to hear me on podcasts. So I need to like pour some gas on that, you know, on that fire and make it easier for people to find me. So then last year I hired somebody whose job is to pitch me for podcasts and she's amazing at it. And it has brought in so many like opportunities. It blows my mind um, and she, she also says like, oh, you're easy to pitch on podcasts. Cause I love this piece. I love to right. have conversations. 
Yeah. Well, that's, so I, I have a question about doing that because you're talking about measuring results from actually guessing on other podcasts. So for those of like everyone listening, whether you want to pitch other podcasts or, cause I know that I have some people in the audience who are looking to do the type of service that you're talking about, where they can help someone else guest on their podcast. What does it look like on the back end logistics for you to be able to track you know, how do you know that this customer or this, you know, person who's joining your email list, what do you do to set up your funnel on the back end to cater to each podcast episode? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I love that question because I do think it's something that a lot of podcast guests are missing out on. Mm -hmm. Like they don't really know how to track it. So one of the ways that I track it and there might be others. So if you're a listener and you're like, Oh, I have a better way for Nikki, please tell me. I would love, I would love (laughs) the feedback. But the way that I track it is when a podcast, a podcaster allows for me to offer some type of a download or an opt-in. So I always make a unique opt-in that is specific to their audience because then I can go back and track and see how many leads are coming in. And I have a specific landing page on my website so I can see kind of the traffic that's coming from that. And then also it comes through conversation. So when I get on the phone with somebody to do a discovery call or a Zoom, you know, a Zoom session or a selling strength assessment, which is something that I offer, which is like my version of a complimentary, you know, session with me is a selling strength assessment. And the first question I always ask is, how did we get connected? Like, how did we get to this place where we get to have this conversation? And I'm going to say nine out of 10 times, somebody says, I heard you on so-and-so's podcasts. So that's why I know it works. Oh, it's so powerful. And that's just, it's such good insight to, um, to any of you who are looking to set up this kind of funnel. And I know Nikki, you know, she said that she does an like for each individual podcast, she makes it very specific, but if you're doing this on your own and you can't do that, guys, you can duplicate your funnels, but still cater it to each individual podcast. That way you can track that data. So you could have one amazing lead magnet and you're like, I don't know how to cater this to each one. It's as simple as setting up a URL for every single different funnel that you have just so you can track it. Because I mean, the data that you could have, like, cause you know, I'm sure Nikki, you've experienced major growth from one podcast interview as opposed to one that may not have been as much. And then you're like, oh, they're inviting me to be a guest again. I mean, you're just going to say, yes, absolutely. Like, is that how you feel about it? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a podcast that I was on maybe two years ago that still weekly, I have new subscribers come to my list from. And that podcast, the podcaster has shared with me and she, she has a huge podcast and she, um, you know, she has a huge following and she, she has shared like you're in my second most downloaded podcast. Um, and it's a huge amount of numbers, how many times that podcast has been downloaded. And so when I went back on her podcast for a second time, you better believe like anytime she reaches out to me and wants anything from, from me, or if I can support her community in any way, the answer is always yes. One, I love her. And two, like new client, they're, they're ideal clients for me versus another podcast that like I was on a podcast not too long ago where this person also has a really big following, but my message did not resonate with his audience, obviously, because I can see the lack 
of people who have downloaded my download. And I thought it was a really powerful episode. And I, I just actually had a conversation with somebody um, earlier today that was talking about the episode, but it didn't bring like new leads in the door. So now I know like his audience, like I didn't resonate with them. Oh, that's so good. I just, I love, and I totally geek out on all kinds of data. So I love that we're having this conversation because I think that it's a lot of like people don't want to talk about like the backend stuff because it's hard to set up. Guys, I'm telling you, if you take just a few hours to be very specific and like, don't keep everything so general all in one bucket. Like the more you can segment your audience and see what's working, the more that you can, you know, maybe you don't have to pitch that same podcast again. You can go find podcasts that have similar audiences to that. So that's actually uh, the next question that I have for you is, um, what's been kind of an experience if you realize that you pitch a podcast and you're like, oh, I just, I I think this is going to be fantastic. But then you kind of get digging into it and then you kind of realize, oh no, I don't know that I'm a good fit for this audience. Have you ever had that experience? Yeah. Now again, I don't, actually do my own pitches. So I work with, I work with somebody who pitches for me, but we have a lot of discussions. Like we, we just had a meeting yesterday and we were talking about a new idea around pitching and then who is the ideal audience for this particular pitch. Um, so yes, I've definitely had the experience where you dig in a little bit and like one of the things that often happens is we, we want to look for podcasts that we're going to pitch that aren't necessarily offering sales training, but they have something that complements sales training. Like, you know, if, especially like marketing pod, like anybody that's doing anything around marketing, like how to market yourself, those are really good complementary podcasts for me because, you know, marketing and sales, even though they're very closely, they, they, I would say they're cousins, right. In a lot of ways, (laughs) The, the piece that I am known for, the piece that I teach is the actual conversation when the lead comes in the door. How do you seamlessly walk somebody through a sales conversation? So I'm not out there telling people like, this is how you get a bunch of leads. I'm, I'm teaching people, this is the conversation side of the actual conversation where you go from, how did we get on this call together to moving to the place where we actually exchange dollars for services and they become a new client? That's what I specialize in. So it fits really nicely with anybody who's doing anything around marketing your business. Oh, that's so good. Oh, like I'm, you just keep like lobbing these balls up to me that where I'm just like, oh, I want to go on that. Like I want to hit that home run and I want to do this. So, okay. So let's, let's dive into this a little bit because now I'm very curious as to you know, what kind of entrepreneur, is it solely entrepreneurs that you work with? Do you work with small businesses? Like who are the people, like who is your ideal client? So I love this. I love this question so much. So my ideal client is a female business owner who is traditionally has a service-based business who's been in, in business for at least a year and probably up to about 10 because I find that they start to realize that either they want to target a new market and they need some help around how to, how to do some business development. What's that conversation? Or they're starting to realize like, I've invested a ton of money in a beautiful website. I've got this, this, you know, lead magnet and it's kind of working, but what isn't working is that sales conversation. My discovery calls aren't converting the way that I want, or I'm getting a lot of people ghosting me. Right. So 
That's my very specific target is this female entrepreneur. And then what happens because I think I'm very specific on who my target market is, I often get people reach out and say, yeah, that's all great, Nikki. And we want to hire you to come in and do a training for our sales team. Will you do that? And my answer is yes. Or I'll have a, a man reach out to me and say, yeah, I've heard you talk about how you only work with females, but I really would like to work with you because I'm struggling with my discovery calls. Can I hire you? And the answer is yes. But because I'm so specific, I always say like our, our brains love to associate and if right. you say to somebody like, like one of the examples I give oftentimes is if you're talking about, you know, what I really want in the whole wide world, like if I could have anything is world peace and people go well, world peace, like that's huge. I don't know what to do with that. So if you're talking about how you want to work with everybody, you're just, you're just throwing out, you're lobbing out world peace all the time and people's brains don't know how to associate to that. But when you get really specific, it allows them. And oftentimes like Sometimes I even get hired to do trainings that have nothing to do with sales, that only have to do with, um, I, have a, I have a client that they hire me every couple months to come in and do training around communication with their coworkers because I specialize in the language, the conversation piece, which also works in that way. Now, I'm not, I, you'll never see me advertise that, but I also don't, I get to decide whether or not I want to have that business or not because they come to me and I've even actually told them like, you know, maybe you should hire a communication expert or somebody who is talking about team dynamics. And they're like, no, we want you Nikki and we'll pay your price to do it. Oh man, that's, that's so good. And I think that the way that you build your business that way is connecting with people through podcasting because, um, and I don't know what kind of other marketing you did before you started guesting on podcasts, but do you feel like people like, and I know from your standpoint, you may meet someone, but they already feel like they know you. Does that happen where people are like, Oh, times like, what, what is that like for you? Well, I'll tell you, it's still a little surreal. Like when I just got on a call with somebody last week and she was like, so we're on, I always say a call, but really it's always a Zoom session. So we're live on video. And she, she said, oh my gosh, you sound just like you sound on a podcast. Yes. And I was starting like in my brain, I'm like, how else could I possibly sound? Right. Like what? <laughs> but it's like, it's super flattering. And I always get um, tickled by anybody who feels like, I already know this about you, Nikki. And they'll talk yes. to me about a story I've shared, or they'll talk to me about like, oh, I know you got married this last year and congratulations. And I'm like, but we don't even know each other, but they know these things about me. So yes. it's a little weird but it's super flattering. I will say I, I get, it feeds my soul that people have any interest in connecting with me in any way. Like I love to be loved. I always say my, my all time favorite song is cheap trick. I want you to want me. So anytime somebody wants to engage with me in some way, I'm super flattered by it. Oh, what a great song. Like that's a fantastic song. First I love of that all, song. it's so good. <laughs> now I have it stuck in my head. Oh my Sorry. gosh. I'm going to have to go listen to it after yeah. we get done. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so my next question would be, okay, so you've told your story on all these podcasts and you've made great connections with potential clients or just people who are just like, oh, we're interested in Nikki and seeing what she has to offer and even bring bringing offers to you that you hadn't even thought about. But my question is, can you elaborate on a time when like 
guesting on podcasts didn't go so well, whether it was you didn't feel well or you had to cancel suddenly. Like, can you think, and you don't have to share any specifics. Like I don't want to, <laughs> we're not outing anybody here on a bad podcast interview because we all know that those happen, but Thank I'm just coming. curious, like what has been your experience of not the fancy shiny, like I got all these leads. Can you tell about another experience? Yeah. So, you know, one of, and this has happened a few times, so I'm not calling anybody out, but every once in a while I'll get on a podcast and the, the host of the podcast is really more about, okay. So one, one, okay. I'm like, I don't want to call anybody out, but I do <laughs> remember being on a podcast where the, the host kept wanting to contradict anything that I shared. Oh, yeah. And so the, like I would share a tip and they'd be like, well, you know, my experience in sales and they would give this like really random counter example. And so I started feeling a little bit like, why did they even, and they reached out to me. Like I didn't reach out to them. So I didn't really understand why did you even agree to even have me on your podcast? Like what, what prompted this because it felt sometimes it feels almost like people want to prove to me how much they know more than I do, which I never want to get into those. Like I'm totally comfortable about what I know and who I am and what I bring to the table. Like I don't lack confidence in that. And so I don't feel threatened by other people telling me how amazing they are at what they know. And when somebody starts to act like they feel threatened by me, it makes me so uncomfortable that I just want to like end the call or get off like the podcast as soon as possible because I feel like I'm making them feel bad. And because I'm making them feel bad, they have to challenge me. And it gets, it's so, it's so anti who I am and how I show up in a room that it makes me want to go hide, honestly. Right. Well, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I think that a lot of um, a lot of people really do. They share all the shiny, like glitz and glamour that can happen whenever you guest on podcasts. But I really just wanted to share a little bit of the insight into, like, if you listeners are thinking about guesting on podcasts, you're going to run into some awkward situations sometimes. And we just want to let you know, like, those are real. <laughs> those are real, and they happen. And I think that it's something, so what would be like your number one takeaway you learned from that? Like not to pursue the way, do you think it was like a particular individual thing or do you think that it had to do with an audience or? Yeah. Again, sometimes it has to do with like, what's that person's background? Like if they consider themselves like, you know, one of my, one of my backgrounds and I have a, a really significant um, experience in neurolinguistic programming. So I'm master f- certified practitioner of neurolinguistic programming and I have 1200 classroom hours. And most people who have a similar certification to what I have might have 200 classroom hours. So sometimes the NLP thing can become a challenge for people. Um, and sometimes people have had like they think they have a bad taste in their mouth about NLP, right? So that can happen too, where sometimes, like I actually had this one time in a training where one of the participants in the training, so it wasn't a podcast, but I have had it brought up in podcasts too, where he's like, that's mind control. And I was like, "Mm." and he's like, it was developed by the army for mind control, which actually is not true at all. But at the same time, 
you know, you're not wanting to contradict. So I have had a podcaster one time question me too about like the NLP part and that's mind control. So if that's the case, I want to get off that podcast as soon as possible because I also don't, I don't believe that it's my job to change people's minds or convince them of anything. My job and what I teach my clients how to do is how to clearly lay out an offer and make it easy for you to attract your ideal people, but also sometimes repel the people who are turned off by who you are and what you do. Great. Like I call that bless and release. Bless and release those people from your life and move on. I don't know if I answered your question. I feel like I just went down a tangent there. A little no, bit. I'm just like, I just, I just fell in love with that concept. Bless and release. Like, you know, this Texas girl is all over that. Like bless her heart, bless his heart, <laughs> bless and release. I love yeah. it. I love it so yeah. much. No, that's great. Yeah. So the, so the original question was just like, did, was there just like one takeaway from like, a okay. bug? think of like the worst experience. Like I said, no names, like we're not calling yeah. by out, but just like, one like big aha learning moment that you had from a bad podcast guesting experience that you would like to share. Everybody is like a forewarning or like, don't do this or look like here's a red flag. Like what would you like to share about that? I think the, I want to say my, the lesson that I learned was to just allow for that person to have their moment. Mm -hmm. And for me, like not to try to change their mind. Right. So that's the lesson. I'm not, I'm not here to change somebody's mind. So I'm not going to argue with you. And if you truly believe that, you know, neuro-linguistic programming is mind control or that people who have studied NLP um, are in a cult or like whatever this crazy example is, it's not my job to try to convince you otherwise. So I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, that's so interesting. That's your experience. My experience is something different, but I appreciate, you know, what you've shared with me because I'm not trying to get into it. I'm not going to argue my point and I'm not trying to convince or change somebody's mind. Right. That's my takeaway. Okay. No, that's so good. So I'm just sitting here. I want to dive more into this NLP because I heard you say it earlier (laughs) and then I was like, wait, that sounds really smart. When you first said it at the very beginning, I was like, okay, I got to remember to go back and ask that. And then you've said it a few times and I'm like, wait, I'm kind of nodding along. Like I really understand, but let's be real guys. I kind of get it. And so I want to dive more into your version. Like, can you give us like a a quick one or two sentence of exactly what the neuro-linguistic programming is? And yeah, just, just tell us more about that. Yeah. So neuro is the way we process information in our brains. That's what it's talking about. So, um, and then the linguistics is the language. So how you speak to others, how others communicate with you and also any internal dialogue that you've got going on. Like most of us have a critic, you know, I would say I have a few, which might require like, you know, therapy, but like we all have some (laughs) internal dialogue going on. And then the programming part of NLP has to do with habits and patterns. So the most like succinct way that I would describe NLP is it's the study of communication. And what I teach around NLP is how to add flexibility to your behavior to put the other person at ease. Because when other people are at ease, they feel safe around you. They're more revealing. They're more open to hearing your message. 
Right. Oh, that's, that's, that's such a, yes, you explained that totally well. And I'm thinking from having a marketing degree and like having done sales, I'm like, wh- where was Nikki? Nikki should have been teaching these classes. I didn't <laughs> learn any of that stuff that was super helpful in a lot of my marketing classes, because a lot of it was just like, you just got to close the sale. You got to close the sale. That's what I learned in so many of them, but there wasn't the how factor. It was mm-hmm. just like, this is the goal, close the sale, close the sale, get the money, get the money. But I remember sitting in a lot of these classes and there wasn't a lot of talk about confidence and ways to like hold your own, you know, and maybe this is just from like a female perspective, but even though some of these uh, classes that I took had female professors and male professors, a lot of it was just kind of like an assumption of you're here, you're in these sales classes. So of course you have confidence. And I think that me, I am a very confident person by nature, but -hmm. when it comes to sales, the part that I was lacking was one understanding my audience, which I don't have that problem anymore. I I know, like, I know you guys, you're listening. I know you, I know your (laughs) problems. I know all the things, but I think that I, one of my issues was just really getting to that place. So if I was one of your clients and I was saying, Nikki, because I know that there's a lot of people in my audience who this is the exact training that they could really benefit from is learning how to talk about what they have to offer with confidence. Mm -hmm. What is just like something real quick that you could tell them that would be really helpful? So one of the things that I focused on and teach my clients is that when you're struggling with confidence in the selling process, you're spending a lot of time thinking about you and how the other person's thinking about you and are they going to like your message or not like your message. And when we can change that conversation in your mind and start to help you focus on the other person and how they're communicating with you, it takes the pressure off of you. And now you can be more strategic in your conversation. So you know, you had talked about going through these sales trainings. One of the things that sales training typically teaches is fill your funnel, fill your sales funnel, right? Like we hear that over and over again. And I used to always say like my, I swear my boss used to scream it at me all the time, like Nikki, fill your funnel. And where, where I step in is not in filling your funnel. It's the sales conversation piece, which the funnel does not teach. So I actually teach a five-step process. I call it the selling staircase. And it's your job to move a client from step to step to step. And this does come from my NLP background. There's a presupposition in NLP that says there's a structure to excellence. And when you can teach somebody a structure, when you can break it down for them and show them, here are the steps, then it allows for their own personality to come through. So you're not trying to learn how to sell like somebody else. Your your own personality can come through and you're more strategic. You go, oh, I know what step I'm in right now with this client in this conversation. And I now have some tools and strategies of what to say and how to say it to move the client to the next step, or at least like test the waters to see if they're ready to move to the next step. Because if they are, it's my job as the business owner to make it easy for them to take that next step. So it's my job to move them. And that happens a lot of times through language. Oh, that's so good. Oh my gosh. I feel like 
Uh, speaking of having recurring guests, I think that we're going to have to have you back on just to talk <laughs> about that piece alone, because that's so fascinating to me that you really can, like if, if you put steps in front of me or a process and then being able to identify where you are, like along the journey, it is, it's so much easier and it just makes it less awkward for me than like feeling like, Oh, I don't, I don't know where, where we are, but let's just keep going and hope this works. You know, it's definitely, (laughs) it's definitely a better approach to the sales process. And oh my gosh, we're going to, we're going to have to have you back on the show, Nikki, to talk about all the things. And I know that you have a gift for our guests, but before, or our listeners, but before we get there, I have a few rapid fire questions. Oh, I love rapid fire questions. Okay. So I normally will ask podcasters this question, but I'm going to kind of reverse it. So I would normally ask who's your dream podcast guest, but since you guest on so many podcasts, who, like, what is the dream podcast that you would love to be on? Right now, I'm going to say my dream podcast would maybe be, um, oh, I feel like I want to say two. So I'm going to say Jenna Kusher's uh, Gold Digger. I would love to be on that podcast. Awesome. Awesome. And what's the other one? I have to ask. Okay. Is Entrepreneur <laughs> on Fire. I love awesome. that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. John Lee Dumas. That's a great yep. podcast too. Okay. My other question is what's one piece of advice that you would like to give to our listeners who are either brand new to podcasting or podcast guesting? Okay. So I'm going to say this same piece of advice works with your, in your sales process and it works for new podcasters or wanting to be a guest on a podcaster. And it is an absolute truth. I believe it in all part of my being is that in order to get what you want, you have to ask just like you have to ask for the sale, just like you have to ask to be on the podcast, never be afraid of asking somebody for something because the answer will always be no if you don't ask. And in the sales process, I teach around issuing invitations. So don't be afraid to reach out to a guest that you'd like to have on your podcast and issue that invitation because most people are actually flattered. Even if their answer is no, it's just back to my like favorite song, you know, cheap trick. I want you to want me. Most people want to be wanted and it feels really good. So never be afraid to invite and ask people for what you want. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm clapping all the things. Cause that is such great advice. No matter where you are in your journey, like the worst that can happen is they say no. And who knows what they could say yes to. So that is so incredible. Nikki, thank you so much for being on the show today. So can you tell everybody where we can find you and tell us a little bit more about what you have for our listeners. Well, thank you for allowing me to give your listeners a gift. I love to give a gift when I get to come on a podcast. So I have an ebook. It's called Closing the Sale. And it talks a little bit more about this step process and how do you move somebody from that discovery to the close process. And so it it really is about building confidence in the selling process. So you can get that by just going to my website, yoursalesmaven.com and then forward slash TPP for the profit podcast. Awesome. Awesome. And then where can everybody find you on social? So you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and uh, Instagram, and you can find me by going to your sales maven or Nikki Roush. Any of those you'll, I'll, I'll pop up for you. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Nikki. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh, y'all. That conversation was just so fantastic. I'm so grateful that 
Nikki came on and shared with us like all of her sales wisdom because like I said, I've had a few sales jobs. I went to school for marketing. I took professional selling and some of the things that she talked about, I'm just like, yes, like this is 100% true. And so many of us, because I know y'all, I know you little entrepreneurs, y'all have a little issue with selling sometime. And so I hope that you go grab her freebie, go to the show notes, crystalprofit.com slash episode 135, and make sure that you grab her download because y'all, there is some good stuff in there. There is some really good stuff that I think will really help you step up your game, but also feel more confident whenever you do sit down to sell or you do sit down to have a conversation with your client and be able to like move them through the selling staircase and being able to talk to them with confidence about your product and your service and just all the things. I'm so grateful. I definitely know we're going to have Nikki back on the show again because I I felt like we had to cut off our conversation and I wanted to chat with her more. So make sure to go check out the show notes, crystalprofit.com slash episode 135. Go check out Nikki, follow her on social media and grab her download. And that's all I have for you today, guys. So if this is your first time tuning in, please leave us a rating and a review. I would love to know what you think of the podcast. Tell me which episode has been your favorite. Tell me something that you want us to talk to talk about or cover in upcoming episodes, or just let me know what your number one takeaway has been listening to this podcast. And remember, keep it up. We all have to start somewhere. 